Hello, my name is Haley, and you're listening to Straight Talk with Dr. Bot, a podcast that takes a real look at addiction, mental health, and treatment. I'm here today with our content director, Jeff, and of course, Dr. Bot. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, thank you. I'm doing well too, Haley. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give our listeners some background on you, Dr. Bot, um, your credentials, your experience, and of course, why you got into addiction medicine in the first place. Can you start by telling us your title? Sure, Haley. Thanks. Um, I'm the medical director here at addictioncenter.com, and I serve as a consultant to help ensure that the scientific data and the content is you know, up to um, current information as it regards to addiction and mental health. Um, could you explain what your credentials mean? Sure. My, my background, I'm trained as a medical doctor. I'm an MD, and I trained in traditional medicine, went through medical school, and then I further specialized in psychiatry. Um, when I was going through psychiatry, um, I felt like to understand the total human being, you know, you first had to master also normal childhood and abnormal childhood development to understand the adult. So I went on and specialized in child and adolescent psychiatry also. And along that path, I ended up becoming a uh, diplomat of the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. So I'm board certified in both adult and child and adolescent psychiatry. Furthermore, you know, we saw so many patients in emergency rooms and in our inpatient units that were suffering from co-occurring mental health issues and addiction issues. So um, I started specializing a lot in that interface and I ended up, you know, focusing on running multiple inpatient detox units and, and board certified by the American Board of Addiction Medicine also as a specialist in, in that. Okay, perfect. Um, can you take us back and tell us what made you first interested in addiction medicine? Well, I have to think, I, I look back at, you know, a few things. It's pretty complex, I think, for me, you know, um, but looking back upon my own life, I see, you know, coming as a, as a young child, I, I immigrated from, from England to the United States in the 70s. And at that time, you know, somebody of my background being, I'm Indian with a British accent who came to the United States and grew up in South Florida. You know, not everybody saw an Indian kid speaking such a way. So I was, uh, you know, often, you know, the, I think the, the victim of people bullying and, 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 you know, I think they were prejudicial and, and stigmatizing of the way you acted and behaved. And, you know, obviously I, get, I went through, I was resilient and became friends and, you know, went through normal adolescence. But I think that resonated with me, you know, acceptance and understanding um, by people towards others. So fast forward, you know, in the, in the 90s, I was working a lot in, in assisted living facility industry where a lot of the patients were um, suffering from co-occurring mental health issues and substance abuse problems. And, and, I, and I felt bad for them because people were, you know, jumping to conclusions. They were misjudging them and they were characterizing them um, inappropriately and inaccurately. So I, I always wanted to go into medical school. I loved medicine and science and I was actually going to pursue surgery. But during that course of my experiences, um, 
practicing medicine and, and being in the emergency room and, and seeing how people who came in who were intoxicated or drunk or people who came in with mental illness, it's sad to say, but I saw them being treated also badly and people were jumping to conclusions and they were, oh, nobody wants to talk to them or here comes that drunk guy all over again. And for me, I felt like I needed to make a change in this. I needed to make a change for people who are the victims of stigma and prejudice and people who, you know, um, are not treated fairly. So for me, I changed direction and I went into the mental health and addiction field because, uh, you know, I wanted to make a difference. And, um, you know, if, if I didn't, I felt like I was succumbing to the same stigma and prejudice that other people had towards mental health and, and, and substance abuse issues. So, you know, I wanted to tackle it head on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to ask about your professional background, but also, you know, compound that with the changes that you have tried to make, like what you've accomplished in your work. You know, like, like, you know, jumping off from that previous question is that the changes that I wanted to see is that I didn't want to be like everybody else in the practice of medicine. Um, I, I believe psychiatry is pretty subjective, although we've tried to make it objective by following a set of rules in a book called the DSM. Um, you know, there is a personal interpretation by each practitioner. So I think that can be taken advantage of. Because when people come to you with mental illness and who might be suffering from schizophrenia or depression or psychosis, they might not be in the right state of mind or they're under duress. And, you know, they can't hold the practitioner accountable. And for me, I felt like I saw people taking advantage of that by not being as, in my opinion, as as accurate and as uh, accountable as they should have been as practitioners. And so for me, I, I basically see a patient and I treat them the same way I did with that same level of um, aggressivity and tenacity that I did from when I first started, because that complacency issue of people being seen and taken at face value of previous diagnosis or just you know not further challenging uh, an, an addicted individual's background. And so if somebody comes in drunk and they're depressed, not take it at face value that it's one or the other, but kind of looking further. So my personal approach was basically making a comprehensive, uh, you know, collaborative evaluation and starting from scratch on everybody. So really for me, trying to make a change was creating systems in hospitals, in, in treatment centers, in my private practice, where everybody's given a, a comprehensive, start to finish, long, you know, um, evaluation that takes multiple cross sections in life, and doesn't just take a previous diagnosis at face value. I want to challenge them all and make sure they're getting the the best possible opinion and care. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about your work with inpatient, outpatient, and detox units and what you did there? Well. In my past, I, I've, I've worked in, you know, various levels of care, we would say. So, you know, after I finished my fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry, I, I started taking on emergency crisis roles. And uh, so in the hospital, when people are in their most acute phases in distress through, um, you know, 
underlying primary mental illness or through secondary substances of abuse, you know, they came to us. They could be suicidal, psychotic, intoxicated, um, in withdrawal, and they would come to the emergency department. And I, I've been the medical director of uh, those emergency services. And um, I've also run hospital-based inpatient units, both for, you know, acute psychiatric manifestations and for substance abuse withdrawal detoxification units. And I've served as the medical director of those over time. And I, I probably transitioned back about 10 years, 12 years ago from that hospital-based world more to uh, subacute facilities. So I was more um, in the private sector. I left the hospital-based world and, and went more to rehabilitation services where I felt like I could have a little bit more control uh, off the system and help address the patient through uh, multiple levels of care. So from detox through maybe residential treatment to a partial hospitalization and try and help them um, over a longer period of time, which I could not do when I was in an inpatient, which is kind of limited to just dealing with patients for a few days. I wanted to kind of be more involved over uh, a longer period of time. Right. So would you help patients um, with formulating a treatment plan long-term for them? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the foundation of, of helping people is to have some sort of goal. I mean, a lot of times I think patients come and they, they have to succumb. And I use that word because they're kind of given an ambiguous, you know, hey, just be in treatment or here's the care and not challenge it or not be involved. Part of being a patient is to have the right to be involved in the treatment that you are participating in and you be involved in that treatment plan. So as a physician, I think it's important that, um, you know, we, we, we give that opportunity to the patient. So yes, I was involved with the treatment plan on, you know, first establishing what's going on with them, what's happening in their life, you know, taking on the goals that they have, and then, you know, formulating a diagnosis and assessment incorporating other members of a treatment team, you know, social workers, therapists, um, their family members, other doctors, and, you know, get them through different levels of care, depending on the symptoms and the situation that they're presenting with and help them with achieving those goals. Mm -hmm. I know you touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, can you tell me about your philosophy on treating patients? You know, it's it's really try to be as accurate as possible. And my philosophy is not taking something at face value, just question and, and, and make sure that somebody's getting an accurate second opinion if they're coming in with a pre-existing diagnosis. Do they really have it? And I think that's the difficulty here uh, right now in our current state of affairs here in, in, in America is that, um, you know, due to different pressures, bureaucratic uh, insurance, uh, hospital, you know, personal and, and what's going on in, in the, in the country right now, you know, we're, we're just so pressed for time. Uh, and, um, you know, with psychiatry and, and, and addiction, you have, you know, no real objective tests. I mean, yeah, we have like, you know, pharmacological blood testing and we have pharmacogenomics genetics, I'm sorry. And, you know, we can uh, do certain labs, but our basic diagnostic workup is interviewing and, and testing people. That's the mainstay 
of how we diagnose and treat is speaking with them. And so for me, that's being compromised a lot of times because people are trying to put psychiatry, which is a abstract concept in, in a more concrete world where, you know, it doesn't work by just drawing blood and making a diagnosis or taking an x-ray or a CAT scan. You have to speak with the individual. So for me, my philosophy is making sure you don't compromise the diagnostic uh, clinical interview, um, making sure that you are not misdiagnosing anybody by just taking their previous maybe uh, misdiagnosis at face value. A lot of times this conveyor belt thing starts to happen where somebody who was seen intoxicated on you know, crack got diagnosed with bipolar and then they, they leave the emergency room, don't go to any follow-up and end up being treated for bipolar for years while concurrently using, you know, cocaine and they're on these meds and all these stuff. And, you know, they, they believe it. Maybe, maybe they do have the underlying illness, but uh, for me, it is performing an accurate and comprehensive psychiatric evaluation, giving them an appropriate, um, you know, the appropriate time and, and collaboration to do a comprehensive uh, assessment and not take, a previous diagnosis at face value. Mm -hmm. So what are some aspects of addiction and mental health treatment that you believe can be improved upon? I think we just segued into that with what I said. I, I really think that um, it, it is the assessment process, um, you know, without sounding so um, critical, you know, I think the practitioners and healthcare people, uh, workers in, in America, um, under the tremendous duress and distress that's going on right now with the pandemic, we still, this has preexisted the pandemic, is that we need to be accountable. We need to ensure that we are providing the best care, and especially to our individuals suffering with mental illness and addiction, is to not take the previous diagnosis just at face value. This is not a copy-paste and history-taking just by self-report there's often the, and many times the need to, to get collaborative and, and corroborative information to ensure that you're getting symptoms elicited that were existing both while on substances and not on substances and to ensure that um, you're spending that proper time, um, you know, evaluating them as accurately as possible. I really think that's kind of the part I think without getting too long and this explanation is that needs to be corrected the most at the practitioner level. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think our listeners should know? You know I think, you, you know, you kind of touched base on a, a lot of things, you know, regarding um, me and my background. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, we just want to try and get the best messaging out and the best resources out to those um, who are seeking help for substance use disorders and mental health issues. And uh, if they can find that information, you know, at addictioncenter.com, um, you know, we want to be that resource for them. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, Dr. Bott, thank you for sharing some of your history with us. And it's wonderful to know that we have people like you in the field of addiction medicine who really care about making a difference. And thank you to our listeners that tuned in today. We hope to have you next time on Straight Talk with Dr. Bot. Thank you.